Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. here Wednesday night and the Lord touched you in a supernatural way. God did something in your life Wednesday. You were here Wednesday. Wave at me. Wave at me. You were here Wednesday. Raise your hand. There was a few people here. Let's see here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mandy, why don't you come up? Thank you, Lord. Lift your hand. Keep your hands up if you were here. Alicia, come on up. Thank you, Lord. You were here. Come on up. Todd, you were here. Come on up. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all are good. Thank you, Lord. Are y'all out there this morning? Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord today? We had, uh, like I said, we've been having phenomenal services, and and I just want to take time for some testimonies up here and just see what the Lord's been doing and how he's been touching people, what's been going on, what's happened Wednesday. So what, why don't you start? What, what happened? What was going on Wednesday? Wednesday was awesome. Uh, you couldn't be in the place and not feel the presence, uh, which was awesome. So a lot of times I'm walking through and I'm following after um, Pastor Zach and Pastor Heather with the covering cloths. And you can't be in the atmosphere and not be um, intoxicated by it. So uh, at some point, and um, I don't even know what happened, I ended up on the floor. And actually, it was um, something new for me. It was a new experience. Um, I was physically shaking on the floor, and I couldn't figure it out. And I've talked to, um, I've talked to Jen, and I've talked to, pa- talked to Pastor Grace about what God's doing. But what's so funny is, so after Wednesday night, I, um, Thursday morning, I had to stop somewhere. And, um, you know, going through the drive-through, maybe this actually happened before that, but God's been doing something because uh, there's a change. I'm going through the drive-through, and it was a rainy day, so it would have been Monday. And um, the guy looks at me, he's like, what are you so happy about? And all I did was say hello. All I did was, he, I put my window down, and I said, hi, how you doing? He's like, why are you so happy? And it was the first time that I was like, oh, something diff- something's different. Something's different. So I just laughed. I told him, well, look at this beautiful day. It's pouring. It was gray and gross. <laughs> and he looks at me and goes, I think you might be losing it. And I said, that's okay. I'll take it. And then so Wednesday, I come in and I get, um, have the opportunity to just soak in his presence. And I've had this new boldness. Um, I have friends outside of the church that our church, they are Christians. We have this great relationship, but we don't talk much about our different churches and different experiences and such. Um, but this past week, I, I have had to stop myself from preaching to them because there have been situations that they're calling me and they're asking me, what do I do? And I can't stop. I just can't stop telling them how God can fix it and they can't fix it and they need to pray it through. And, they, and so it's just a new boldness. It's something with these friends, I've never had those conversations and I don't even care. I'm like, hey, let me tell you what I heard tonight at service. <laughs> so it's really exciting to see what it's God's awesome. doing. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. So, for anybody who doesn't know, I was I was in the hospital last week. If you want the details, catch me later. That's what this is about. Um, but last this past Wednesday, I was I was having a lot of pain and couldn't get comfortable. I couldn't sit comfortably. I couldn't lay down comfortably. I went back in Grace's office. I took some ibuprofen. I'm trying to lay down, trying to get comfortable. Couldn't get comfortable at all. Um, so finally, Grace said, "Well, just come back in here. If you're going to be uncomfortable, be uncomfortable in church." So, uh, so, so I come back in, and uh, pastor's going around praying for people, and like I said, I was laying down back in Grace's office, and I just, I mean, like, I, it was unbelievable pain. So I'm like, well, he's going to pray for me. I'm going to fall. It's going to hurt. <laughs> but, but then I think about it, and I, I know Pastor Zach has said before, you know, don't be afraid of, of falling out, whatever, you know, whatever's going on. Don't. God will take care of it. Don't worry about it. Um, and so he prays for me. I don't know if he was hesitant. I, I don't, because he's going, filled, filled. He comes up to me and he goes, I don't know if you're hesitant. But I'm like, I'm like, is, he, is he afraid I'm going to fall? But it was the first time in over a week that I had been comfortable laying on a hard concrete floor. So praise God. 
And you went back to work. And I went back to work. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Okay. So Wednesday, I came in very heavy with how, I'm probably going to cry, so I'm sorry. It's emotional time. Um, how I feel like my career has been, whew, sorry, destroying my family. Obviously, that's not easy, as you can see right now. So I was having a really hard time pressing in and just was kind of sitting there, not even just trying, right, trying to ignore what was so heavy on me. And um, at one point, we were done worshiping, and pastor got up and said, just, just praise him, praise him yourself. And I'm like, oh, I got nothing. Literally, God, got nothing. Um, thank you that it's sunny today, you know. And uh, just said, okay, I can't do it. Just, Lord, give me scripture. Just give me scripture. And he just started downloading scripture the whole time. And then um, as the service kept going on, pastor was saying, hey, God's not touching you just for you. He's touching you for other things. And um, God very clearly said to me, hey, I told you I have that. Stop worrying about it. You got work to do. You have work to do. So... It's awesome. Connected power with purpose. Where's, I'm going to come back to you in a little bit. You can sit, though. I'm just looking for where y'all are sitting. Well, if you're not coming on Sunday night or Wednesday night, you're really missing out. I, I've always felt that way, that when the doors are open at the church, then you need to get there. Then he can work in your life and your children can learn about God and you can pass your faith on to the next generation. These Wednesday and Sunday nights, the Holy Spirit has just been so powerful. I've had a real like spiritual renewal. I feel like I'm back in the 80s um, when I was at my peak with the Holy Spirit, but that's going to change here pretty soon. Uh, so I've, I've had a bunch of unique experiences in the last month. Um, one service, I could smell the presence of the Lord, and he put his, head on my, his hand on my head, and it was there, and I was like, yeah, I'm not moving until I feel you leave, and I, um, I can't smell you anymore. And then he reached down inside me and was working on inside my torso. And then he reached inside my head, and then finally he, he left, so I went and sat down. Um, but. Then, then recently, I don't remember what night it was, um, I just fell down during worship and I could not get up. I could not move. I was being held down or pulled down and I was just stuck there, which was really interesting. And I've, I just felt so much peace and then when I finally got up and I looked at my watch, I figured, well, I probably was laying there for over an hour. You know, this is an interesting experience. Besides the fact that I could hardly walk or think or understand what was going on, I just, I, I guess that might have been um, being drunk on the Holy Ghost. Um, and then pastor at the end of the service called everybody up and I went down again, and <laughs> um, I'm having a difficult time in life, and I just need every bit of God that I can possibly get. And he's, he's touching me. Hallelujah. And I, I have peace, even though I might be in one of the more difficult times of my life, but I have, have a peace that God's been giving me. It's awesome. 
Why don't you go ahead and get ready? No, no, Pastor Grace. What happened to you? The whole story. Um, when I was 10 years old, I fell off a wall that's probably as high as the bottom of that balcony and landed on my back. And back then, they didn't call ambulances, and this was at my elementary school. My gym teacher picked me up and folded me in half and carried me inside, which made my right hip lower than my left hip and made my tailbone curve to the right. So, oh. So for 30 years, I've lived at a pain level of a five or a six every day. And if you know me, when it's anything above that, I'm unbearable to be around. I can't move. I can't stand up to be straight. Um, and it was never something I would go up to get prayer for because I'd gotten so used to it because my mom and dad said, just get used to it. You don't need to go to a doctor. You just deal with it. I just didn't think I was going to get healed of it because I got used to it. So pastor's calling, everybody come down. And I'm like, well, that means me. I got to get down there. And we set up the music and I'm getting down there and people are boom, 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 boom. I mean, nobody could keep up. And I'm going to catch somebody, which I know from my back is not smart to do. Um, I do it and I hear pastor go, you, 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 you. And I turn to him. And I'm like acknowledge that he's wanting me and I go to step. And by the time I stepped to where I could be at, it seemed as if he was right here. And the next thing I remember was opening my eyes and hearing Mandy Eater talk and laugh. And I'm like, I'm on the floor. That's not the best part is I'm looking up past my head. I see Justin Mackey like this. And I go, yeah. And he goes, dude, are you okay? I said, yeah, why? He goes, you bounced off a pew. I said, what do you mean I bounced off a pew? He goes, you literally bounced off the pew and landed on the floor. He said, it looked like you got shot. I went, oh, that's going to hurt in the morning. <laughs> was my first thought. We go back to the pastor's office, and I can't, it, it, I felt from like here where my pain is normally at down to my feet, fire. Like, I remember saying, I feel fire. I felt as if my right leg was getting pushed back into my body, and it wasn't comfortable. It was just like, that's weird. And we're sitting there, and I'm in this chair, and I just adjust, and pastors look at me, and he's got this <laughs> on his face. I'm like, and he goes, are you okay? And I go, I, I think so. I'm just, I just don't feel my legs. They feel real weird. He goes, that's right, you got a bad back. That's all he says, he says, you got a bad back. I said, yeah. And sometimes when the pain's bad, I sleep on the couch just to get comfortable. And I'm driving home after a meeting and I just hear sleep on the couch in the morning, you're gonna be okay. Because I was so scared of the pain. I mean, hearing you bounce off a pew and land on a concrete floor when you have a bad back is scary. And like, oh my gosh, I gotta go to work. But I kept hearing, Sleep on the couch, you're going to be fine in the morning. And it was just so nonchalant. I just, that's how I heard it. I went, okay, that's what I'll do. I get home, sleep on the couch. I wake up and I'm waiting to take that first step of ow. Stepped right up, stood up. Alicia and, May, and Alicia was dropping her kids off and Megan was there. And I looked at Megan and I said, my back doesn't hurt. And Megan went, eh. <laughs> she hadn't had her coffee yet. <laughs> And normally, I, I go to work, and Justin's like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. It wasn't until I was driving for a half hour that I realized I didn't feel any. I truly did not feel any pain. I wasn't uncomfortable. I could sit and not have to adjust. And I, I, I don't know how you hit a pew and your back gets straight. I don't. But that, that was, I, I haven't prayed for that. And that was just, the spirit knew that's what I needed. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, let me give a disclaimer there. Don't just come up here and bounce off a pew and think your back's going to be healed. That's, that falls in the box of we'll just line everybody up and count to three and fall down and we'll go home. That's, you know, those who have heard that. So, uh, anyway. Are you good? 
You might, why don't you stand? You might recognize this song if you were here Wednesday. such a friend and he made my heart his own God himself is with me and I know I'm never alone I know my tomorrows will be better than all my homes I've got love, grace, peace and power and joy in the Holy Ghost my God is never wrong and he makes time for me he blew apart my chains and set this sinner free Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you say that with me? Thank you, Jesus. I heard that side over this side. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yes, thank you, Lord. <laughs> he wants to fill you up today. 
You've been operating on empty too long. <laughs> it wants to fill you up. The fire of God wants to get all up in your business today. Our God is an all-consuming fire. Why don't you put that verse up, Hebrews, Hebrews 12. Our God is an all-consuming fire. He wants to fill you today. He wants to set you on fire today. Amen. Amen. You know, Wednesday, Wednesday was awesome. There was, and I, and I feel the same, I feel similar stirring right now that I did Wednesday. There, there was tangible fire in here. <laughs> there was tangible. The, our God is an all-consuming fire. He wants to burn in your life. You know, when the fire gets a hold of you, when the fire gets a hold of you, it doesn't leave you the same way that it found you. Fire burns and consumes everything in its path. Fire consumes everything in its path. And the fire of God wants to get all up in your family. When the fire gets on you and gets in your family, it begins to affect things. It begins to affect your family and the way you operate and the things that you do. When the fire gets on you and the fire of God touches your heart, it begins to affect those that are around you, your church family, your, your co-workers. Lord, let the fire fall in this law firm. <laughs> let the fire of God burn in this family. Let the fire of heaven burn in this family, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jim Elliot said, Lord, let the light these idle sticks of my life that I might burn for thee. I don't ask for a long life, but a full one like yours, Lord. Lord, light these idle sticks. John Wesley used to say, Lord, I, I light myself on fire so others can come watch me burn. It's time that you get the fire of God all up in you. <laughs> I don't make it a habit of punching people, but there are certain people. Hebrews 12, 29 says that our God is an all-consuming fire. Depending on how you approach the fire, that fire can be a blessing. It can be a friend or it can be an enemy. There's four types of the fire of God that I want to look at this morning. There's the fire of his holiness. There, our God, Malachi says this, and Malachi, if you would put up the scripture, Malachi chapter 3, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can endure the day of the coming of the Lord and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire. He wants to come and purge you. He wants to come and purify you. He wants to come and annihilate every hindrance, every hindrance, every weight, every hindrance he wants to consume in your life. Every hindrance he's going to consume and set you on fire, set you on fire with Holy Ghost fire. No, no more bondage, no more chains. No more bondage, no more chains, liberty, liberty in the presence of the Lord, liberty in his presence, liberty in the presence of God. I got all day. <laughs> liberty, Lord. You know, the Lord can break every stronghold, every addiction, every hurt. I just hear the Lord saying that you, my friend, are stepping into a new season, a new season of freedom, new season of liberty. People are going to look at you and they're, they're not even going to recognize you. They're not even going to recognize you. They're not even going to see the same person. You're, you're going to be so altered by the presence of the Lord, so altered. You know, that's what fire does. It gets a hold and refines the gold. It gets a hold of the gold and... It, it comes out a different, 
looks different, doesn't have all the impurities and all of the dross and all the yuck in it. That's what the Lord's doing. He's getting all the yuck out. He sits as a refiner's fire. Isaiah chapter 6 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Why did it take in the year that King Uzziah died? What, what was so important about the year of King Uzziah dying? King Uzziah was appointed king as a young man. When he was young, he needed to depend on the Lord, and he did, and God made him successful. God made him a successful king, but what happened? He saw, the, he saw the success around him that was happening. He saw the blessing of the Lord on his life, and when he did, he had his spiritual pride began to rise up in his life. Well, I could do it. I could do that. I can be, I can be like one of the priests. I've, I've got it all going on. I'm good. Look at me. I've got spiritual pride rose up in him. You know, when we, when we think we've got it all together and we think that that, that we, can, we can operate and do the things that, that the priests do, you know, that we can, we can operate in their place. We can do what they do. That's what, that's what's his attitude. I can do what the priests do. I can, I'm, I'm the king. That's not my job, but I can operate in the role of the priest. I can do it better than them. And he goes in and he begins to offer profane fire, the Bible says. And when he does, leprosy breaks out on him. And becomes a leper. So in the year that King Uzziah died, or we could say in the year that, that the man of pride died, if we could just be symbolic here for a moment, the Lord wants to deal with your pride. Two things will keep you out of the presence of the Lord. It is your pride. It is your fear. Two things will keep you out of the presence of the, of the Lord. And God wants to come and consume Consume that pride and consume that fear because he wants you to step in to that refiner's fire. He wants you to step in to the fire of God and begin to be purged and cleansed in your life. Remember the Hebrew children, these Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Talked about them Wednesday. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What happened to them? They are, the fire's turned up and they go to put them in the fire. There's a song that only you can sing when you get in the fire. It's only when you've been in the fire of purging with God that it's only at that point that you can begin to sing the song that comes in the place of testing, in the place of purging. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we're not worshiping you, Nebuchadnezzar. We're not going to worship you. We're not going to bow down to you. We're going to worship God only. And God's been pulling up, some of you this morning, God's been pulling up the sin issues of your life, and he wants to purge you of your sin. He wants to purge you of the unrighteous. He wants to purge you of your pride. He wants to purge you of your spiritual pride. Anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? Sometimes we get into the middle of the fire, and the issues begin to rise to the surface. Like in Romans 12, we crawl up on that altar of sacrifice, and the issues of our heart begin to surface. And we say, oh, Lord, I don't want to deal with those issues. God, don't, don't deal with those issues. Don't touch those things in my life. Let's not deal with this, Lord. And we begin to put on the mask. Oh, I'm okay. Oh, it's all good. And it's getting quiet up in here. <laughs> God, don't touch that area. I'm okay. And God's after that one particular area of your heart. He wants to expose it to his purifying fire. He wants to refine you. That bad attitude, he wants to refine you. That spiritual pride, he wants to refine you. Why? So that when he looks at you, he can see the reflection looking back at him. He can see the reflection of his own image on your life. He wants to see the, the, the reflection of his image stamped on your soul. But it's only when you get in the fire, Lord, consume me, Lord, and don't let the fire stop until every bit of dross is burned up in your presence. Is that your prayer? Is that your heart's desire that the fire of God would get all, all over you and consume you? May it get to the point where you can say, like, like David said in Psalms, the Lord has done this and it's a marvelous thing. Where you can find delight in the fire of God. 
You can find delight in the purging of God. You know, fire is not comfortable. One time when I was a little kid, I'm sure we all have our stories of playing with the stove and getting burned and things like that. Mine's not quite like that. My great-grandparents, we were at my great-grandparents' house and they had a fire the night before. The next morning, everybody's up and doing their thing and I go roaming around about the, the property where they had the fire and in the fire pit, there's this aluminum can. And I thought, oh, that looks like fun. I'll pick that up and play with it. You know, it was fun for about a half a second. <laughs> until I heard that shh on my finger, and I got a big old blister on my finger from that, that hot can, not realizing that it would still be hot. You know, sometimes that's how we live as Christians. We want to get enough of the fire to make us hot the next day, but we don't want enough fire that changes us. We want enough fire that, that gets us nice and toasty so the next day we can go to work and have our big old Holy Ghost smile on. Look what Jesus did in my life. <laughs> I got joy. And the next day we come to work and we're the crankiest, honoriest, meanest person to deal with. Let me ask you this. Is God, is the fire of God enough to set you on fire that it changes you permanently? You hear what I'm saying? Is the fire of God, is his presence enough that he can change you absolutely permanently? Or do you just want to get enough to get toasty? Warm up by the fire. The fire of God will purge you. It will cleanse you. We've got to get on the altar of the Lord and let him burn up, singe up the issues of our life. In Hebrews 12, in Hebrews 12, verse 18, it says, You have not come to the, to the mountain that may be touched and burned with fire. The writer of Hebrews in this first part of, these, of this paragraph is talking about the difference between the fire of God at Sinai and the fire of God that falls in Zion. There's a difference. The Sinai was just types and shadows of things to come. Zion is the reality. You and I oftentimes find ourselves striving to stay in the shadow of Sinai, of types and shadows of things to come. But God has promised that we won't have to stand at the base of a mountain and see tangible fire fall on the top. We can step in to the, the Mount Zion. We can step in to the presence of the Lord where the fire of God, the spiritual fire, the unquenchable fire, the fire of heaven can burn in our lives permanently. The fire is not intended to go out. The fire fell on the altar of Moses and it was intended to be maintained and not go out. Let the fire of God fall on the altar of your life and not let it go out. Maintain the fire. Don't become like one of the five foolish virgins that don't have the oil and the fire when the, when the Redeemer came, when the, brides, the, the bridegroom came. Don't, don't be left in the darkness, but let the fire of God burn in your bed. I don't care how long you've been saved or how many stories you can tell me about what happened 50 years ago. I want to know, is the fire of God burning in your heart today? Thank God for what he did 50 years ago, but it becomes fuel for what God wants to do today. He wants to consume you. He wants to consume every area of your life. The fire of holiness the fire of his love in Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 6, it says, Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is strong as of death, jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench this love. The flame of his love. In Revelation, we get a picture of this love of God that he has for his church. His eyes were like flames of fire. Have you fallen into the flames of his love lately? Has the flames, the passionate love of God gripped your heart? 
I'm not talking, listen, we, we read these words in, in the Bible and we take them as figurative, but I'm telling you, the love of God is not just figurative, it is real, and the flames of his love are real. The flames in the eyes of Jesus that John wrote about are real and they exist today. And I'm telling you that if you'll step in to the fire of God and say, Lord, would you consume me? Lord, let your fire fall again on the altar of my life. Burn up these idle sticks of my life that I could burn for you. If you'll just trust him and do it again, you'll fall. You'll fall into the loving arms of your Savior. You'll fall again into the passionate, passionate love of God for you. He loves you with an undying love. His love for you is beyond control, beyond, beyond anything that you could ever think or imagine, the Bible says. The problem is, anybody remember these kind of things from high school? This is a class ring. What happened in high school? Some of you might remember. Some of, you, some of the ladies might here remember. What happened if you liked a boy in high school and... What happened with these class rings? They, they give you, what happened, the boy? You wear it around your neck. Aww, he'd give you your, if he was a jock or something, he'd give you his letterman jacket. You wear the letterman jacket. Signs or ties of affection. For our purposes this morning, we'll call them soul ties. Why is it so hard for you to fall in love with Jesus? Why is it so difficult for you, for the love of God, to burn in your heart? Why is it so difficult for you to step in to the fire of his love? You know, when you're passionate about somebody, you don't care who sees when you're, passionate, when you're passionate for your wife, when you love your husband or wife, you don't care who sees you love on each other. You don't care about PDA and all those things. Well, why, why in the world do we get all concerned about who sees us loving on Jesus? Why do we get concerned if we get a little passionate for the Lord? Because we got soul ties. We got things that attract us away, that lure us away to our things of our old nature. Those potato chips on the couch. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> you have soul ties that lure you away. That old attitude, that old habit, that old fear. Well, what if he loves me and decides that he doesn't love me anymore and all of a sudden I'm stuck? His love for you is passionate. It's undying. It's unending. He'll never remove it. He loves you so much that he's loved, he's loved you since from the beginning, before you were ever thought of, knew of in this natural life. He loved you. He knew you. He separated you. He appointed you. And his love for you has continued to this day. It's still pursuing you. He's still passionate for you. Stop striving to earn something that's already been freely given. Just learn to receive. Just learn to receive. Then there's the fire of his presence. The fire of his power. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water, but there is one who's coming after me when there's mightier than I. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Yeah, you've heard. You've heard of the fire that followed the Israelites around the pillar of fire. You heard about the fire and the bush that did not get burned up with Moses. And there was the fire that John the Baptist preached about. The fire of God that will be baptized. You will be baptized in, immersed in. It has been the plan of God from the beginning that his fire would consume you. We've seen types and shadows of it in the Old Testament. And John the Baptist, who the Bible says is a bright and shining light, was full of the fire of God, preaching the fire of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Have you received the fullness of the fire of God in your life, the baptism of God in your life? 
This fire transforms us. This fire doesn't leave us the same. It has effects. We see on the day of Pentecost that this fire had physical effects on those who were present. We talked about that earlier, that they were intoxicated. This fire is intoxicating. It gets on you. It gets in you. It changes you. It transforms you. And it affects you and affects your life. The fire of his presence. Moses found this fire in the burning bush. Moses, take off your shoes. And he stands there, this timid man, murderer, shy, can't talk right, stuttering. There's Moses. Stood there, and the fire of the bush got all over him. The fire of God that was burning in that bush got all over him. And he finds himself standing before Pharaoh, this timid, meek man who couldn't even talk, standing before Pharaoh, standing before the the ruler, saying, let my people go. I don't think that Pharaoh saw the same Moses. I think Pharaoh looked at Moses, and I think think the fire that's burning in Jesus' eyes, that fire for his people was burning and Moses, I think Moses had an encounter that day that left him forever changed. He encountered the holiness of God. He encountered the tangible fire of God for himself. Is the fire of God burning in your heart? Is the fire of God burning in your belly this morning? In Jeremiah 20, we find another instance of the fire of God. It's the fire of his word. In Jeremiah 20, verse 9, it says, His word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. In Luke 24, we find Jesus on the road of Emmaus. And the believers that Jesus was walking with didn't know that it was Jesus. And they're walking along the road, and Jesus is telling them, about scriptures. He's unfolding the scripture the Bible says to them. And they get to their destination and all of a sudden the man who was walking with them was gone. But what was their response? Did not our hearts burn within us? Jesus came so that you and I can experience the fire of the Holy Ghost in our life. The fire of God burning in us. Having our hearts strangely warmed? Has your heart been strangely warmed by the fire of God? Have you been in the presence of God and the tangible presence of the Almighty? Have you been in the fire of God where your heart, oh my friend, where you leave this place and you sense the fire of God burning on the inside of you? You go throughout the week with the sense of the fire of his passion and his love burning in the inside of you. You know, there's not a day that goes by that I don't go through the day realizing and recognizing the fire of heaven that's burning on the inside of me. I can feel it. I can, I can smell the presence of God. I can feel the presence of God burning on the inside of me. Is that your story Is that your story? Or do you just simply go through life haphazardly, routinely, maybe through the the humdrum of life, the normal routine, and just go about your business never recognizing that the fire of God wants to consume you? I'm telling you, this America does not need a bunch of weak Christians who will bow at any other wind of doctrine. America, the world, needs Christians who are full of the fire of God. Politics will not change this country. Better churches will not change this country. Better laws will not change this country. Whether you have this or don't have that will not change. The only thing that will change this country and our world is the fire of Almighty God, the fire of his presence and at some point the church needs to be full of the tangible fire of heaven it is the fire of God that will cause you to stand and stare every enemy every devil in the face every every tormentor in the face and say I don't know what you're talking about but this thing I know I once was blind but now I see the gospel has changed my life the power of God has changed my life there's a fire resident on the inside of me it's one thing to 
have a mental understanding that this is available. It's another thing to experience it. He wants to fill you today and touch you. Not for the sake of just getting a little tongue of fire on your head, you know, the cute little Christian drawings with the day of Pentecost, little fire. <laughs> Some of you need to do this a little bit. Shake <laughs> loose and rattle and roll, whatever's up in there, get it, get it out. But he sets you on fire so that you can burn and those around you can come watch. They can come see. They can come be changed. You know, it's, it amazes me that we have a scripture full of the truth of God. We have a scripture full about the presence of God, the fire of God, how he, how he manifests himself in, in various forms, touches people, changes people. Gifts, spiritual gifts and power and all of these things available. Listen, we, we are not living in Old Testament days, friends. We are not living in days that of our promise, this will come, this might happen. We're living in days of fulfillment. We're living in days of liberty. We're living in days where what, what was promised is here. And it's time that we live like we believe it. It's time that we live and we step in because it's real and it's the reality of God. Stop waiting for everybody else around you to lay hands on the sick person. Go lay hands on them. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that, that, that believe. They'll speak in other tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick. They'll cast out devils. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. Have you the fire of God in your belly? If you do, then you can't stop it. It's going to come out. You have freely received. It's time to freely give. You know, but the reality here this morning is... The fire of God for those who are born again, those that are believers, the fire is a friend. Those that know God, the fire is his presence and it becomes our friend, becomes our change and our, and our, and our life support. Can't live without the fire of God. Can't be sustained without his fire. But to those who don't know Christ, those that don't know him personally, the fire becomes your enemy. The Bible says that the fullness of the fury of God against sin is expressed in the flames of hell. It is eternal judgment. And the fire of God that can consume the believer and be transformational and set the, the Christian ablaze to change the world, it is the same fire that will consume eternally every unbeliever. Every person that rejects the gospel, that fire, the same fire, our God is an all-consuming fire. You will experience the fire one way or the other, friend. It will be the fire of heaven that transforms you or it will be the fire of the judgment of God that consumes you. Woe to those who find themselves on judgment day, the day of the bridegroom, the day that is soon coming, their fire has gone out. The interesting about that is that they were all virgins. They were all, at some point or another, shall we say, in the church. They all knew the truth. Only half of them were ready. They all knew the truth. Half of them lived it. I don't want to be one of the half that knew something and never experienced it, never lived it. Yep. It's reality, friend. I'm not telling you good makeup stories that we tell in children's church to get our kids to settle down and be quiet. I'm telling you the Bible, right. telling you the truth. This is coming. It's coming soon. If, you're, if your passion for God is less than your passion for the Cleveland Indians, my friend, you got a problem. If your passion for God and his house and the things of God is less than your passion for the big old steak on your plate and the grease ball that you're throwing in your veins, you've got a problem. It's getting quiet up in here. 
Don't say your pastor never told you so when you stand before the judgment seat of God. I will not, I will not find myself at want at the judgment seat because I did not tell you the truth. Let the fire of God consume you. To those of you that are believers, that are born again, that love the fire, that love God, then what, is it, what does this all mean for you? It means that you and I, as Jude says, need to snatch them from the fire. Yeah. There are, when the fire of God, the passion of God gets on the inside of you, there is a passion to reach the lost. There is a passion to not just tell them good stories, but there is a passion to get them out of the yeah. judgment that is soon to come. I hope that you're uncomfortable today. I hope that you're absolutely uncomfortable today. God forbid you come to church and you be comfortable. <laughs> the fire of God is enough to set you just a little bit uncomfortable in his presence. You ought to be a little bit uncomfortable. There ought to be a little bit of uneasiness in his presence. It terrifies me to get up and preach. Not just because I don't like public speaking. It's because I know I'm handling the word of God this morning. It terrifies me to handle the word of God and to know that what I'm preaching I will give an account for 100%. It terrifies me to lay hands on people. It's the greatest joy of my life. But I know that when I lay hands on people and I minister and I take what God's given me and freely give, I know I'm going to give an account for that. I hope that you have a little bit of uneasiness and unsettledness in your soul. Yes, you need to go. Yes, you need to those things. But the fire of God will just make you a little bit uncomfortable. It'll make people around you uncomfortable. It'll make every little demon start manifesting. It's funny. You know, some people say, well, why do you, why do you, you know, why do you make people leave service if, you know, if they're, you know, being a little unruly? Right? One thing we'll not allow is the devil to have a service. You know, you may see things that happen in, 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 in service, especially uh, with a, in, in various atmospheres like this where God starts moving, all the little demons start poking their head up. Little rebellious demons start poking their head up, saying, you don't know me. No, we don't make room for those. Either that you let the fire of God change you or get out. Let the fire of God touch you or you can see the door. Don't let it hit you on the way out. Let the fire of God affect you. Let it change you. Let it transform you. But you will not take over this service, little devil. Either you're going to leave and set that man free or you're leaving. In his body, you'll leave. <laughs> you say, preacher, you talk like you know what you're talking about. Some of you are just rolling in your thoughts. I can hear it. I do know what I'm talking about. I've read it in the Bible. I've experienced it. I had a, I, I've, had, I've had people walk down an aisle try to take me out of a service. I've had people stand up in back of church service start cussing me out while I'm preaching. I've had death threats. I'll tell, I can go down the list. I'm not afraid of that. Let the fire of God get up on inside of you. You don't have to be worried about those things. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.